1: Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2017. I'm Michael Ajello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm and You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time. To fill you in on the comings and goings, it is brought to you by people like you at Patreon.com slash Hockey. We thank you so much for your support. We wish we could come and send cookies to all of you right now. Um, the um, No, you don't. You can't. You can't send them. Are you covered for that? Do you have liability? No, 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 no one no, no. gets a cookie and they choke on it. That's true. I can't. I can't do anything. You know. Um, no. I, I can't do anything and in this world without being sued for it. So. you hey. can't sell
0: lemonade on your
2: on your on your corner anymore. You don't know if anybody has peanut allergies or, or if they're diabetic. I mean, you're you right. right. Come
1: right. on, don't be reckless. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really. I take it all back. We don't want to send you
2: anything. Nothing at all. Um, for thanking, but we just want to thank you and with <laughs> all of our hearts. For you speaking. know, I, I was I was so proud back in the day when I was a kid. I I used to sell lemonade and cookies for muscular, the muscular dystrophy telethon, and now all I do is open up myself to a lawsuit. So you know what? Screw everybody.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God!
2: Uh, the NHL
1: has issued a memo to all clubs and goalies saying and apparently a lot of media members saying all must be wearing the new redesigned size appropriate pants by February 4th. That's right. (laughs) Russ, will you and I be in the press box wearing these size appropriate pants on February 4th? I think this is a perfect opportunity to not wear the size appropriate pants.
0: Well, all right. So here's the thing. So I probably have a pair or two, like the Seinfeld 32s that are now like 33 and a half and fit me better. And Mm -hmm. then I have some that are 34 that fit me, you know, just a little big. So, I think those are size appropriate.
1: I don't know what else they're talking yeah, that's about. That's right there. I mean, you know, I'm in the same boat, 33, 34. That's right where I yeah. am. Some 33s work, some 34 works. That's, that's, right.
2: It's, I, th- I think size appropriate means that if the button flies off, it won't like pierce somebody's eye. The- and <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So, this is the beginning of the transition team, so to speak, for hockey goaltending, um, for, hockey, for hockey goaltending new size equipment. Um, there's a bunch of different, you know, things coming, pads, everything else, but this is the pants section of it. Ah. So um the new new redesign size appropriate pants, which means the five hole will never been will never loom larger than it will after February fourth, because this is um yeah, what is this gonna change anything? I mean, pants are a big issue. I do agree. It is.
0: I'll tell you what's gonna
1: happen. I never wear them for the podcast, but I, I know that they're important. Someone like Henrik Lundqvist
0: who lost all that weight, he's going to put it back on before February 5th so he can get bigger pants.
1: Yeah, is that the deal? So how do you determine it? Do we know this exactly? Um, <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> don't type things like that into our chat room. Uh, do we know exactly what is... Um, it, it determines, like, if you're... A, like, it can't be that, that, you know, Ben Bishop and, you know, Michael Neuver can't wear the same size appropriate pants. I
2: mean... No, it's... it's. I mean, I would assume that it's it's appropriate to the stature of the player but then what they what they're trying to avoid here is somebody wearing baggy pants somebody yeah. wearing oversized to take up an extra inch on each side to prevent to prevent the, the puck from deflecting off or you know to put, you know they want they want more room you know they don't want like the pants equivalent of Garth Snow's uh <laughs> you know those those oh. shoulder pads that would look like oh, yeah, they're okay. roofing
0: Although I think Garth Snow in suits and they look fine, so I don't.
1: Th- I, th- I don't think it translated outside. Yeah, of. No, that was um. That was, he was he was he was in the '90s and shoulder pads were out in the late '80s, you know. But he didn't. was um. No, but he really. That was the '90s, and I remember that. I will never forget the big Garth Snow game, like that. I think of is like a game seven of, of a Penguins Flyers series where Garth Snow gets thrown in um, at the last second because Hextall's hurt, and um, and he wins the wins the game seven and wins the series. Um, and uh, But he goes in there with those, and that's the first time I had noticed and seen those gigantic shoulder pads, which looked like uh, basically a shield that he was wearing that came up on the sides of his – like this almost, you know, to the sides of his head.
2: looked like a skateboard ramp. That's what they, they- – yeah, you know, here,
0: Here's the thing, and I kind of wonder now. I saw a picture yesterday of Henrik Lundqvist breaking in new equipment because clearly, you know, he's not having the best season. Maybe he's going to – in new pads, I kind of
1: wonder if he was breaking in new pants too. That that was it, I bet. Because I mean, February fourth is not that far away. Um, oh, no. you'd have to. I mean, now pants. You know, of all the goalie equipment that I own, I have a pair of goalie pants right over there, which we could show you later. Um, but yeah, we don't those. need. To see them. Yeah, please, no. see goalie pants. Um, they are, they don't need to be broken in very much. I mean, no, but you have to be used to wearing them, right? You don't yeah. want to put on a pair for the first time. No, for sure, especially these guys who are really yeah. fine tuned machines. I mean, they are really finely tuned and they're, you know, yeah. this will affect the v- five hole. And I say that jokingly because yes. it will affect, you know, the, the butterfly stance and, you know, going down in the five hole. And, um, you know,
2: they could chafe.
1: They could chafe. <laughs> they, could chafe. <laughs> they I mean, you know, what? This is this is just right with awful awesome, with awful puns. Obviously, this whole thing and beyond. And the first for the first thing to be pants, I think is really pretty really, pretty funny. Um, I mean, it's the most innocuous of all of them. Like yeah. there were so many other
0: ones that were more meaningful, like right. the size of the pads. Like, oh, yeah. but they went pants.
1: Oh yeah, like you, I got, you know, there's so many things. There's so many other places they could have gone with this, but they went they went to the pants. And um, I guess my thinking is because the pants are the easiest thing to break in. Um you know, if you wear pads, like you really do have to wear goalie pads for a long time, like I have but why I, is it
0: pants after February? Why didn't it start because, and, because and, the
1: manufacturers didn't have the the equipment right. ready. right, and that's because yeah, the end of day they claim the n h l got them the dimensions too late, and you know that so everybody's passing the buck here, so
0: I mean, but wait, but wait, we're in a world where we see. Basically, a championship team they, they have hats. The minute they win, of course, they have winning and losing size hats. They're all ready to go. Not you're literally.
1: trying to—how many goalies are we talking about? Be a Samsung Galaxy new phone every five months, granted. Right. Can't we get pants quicker than this? I mean, we can't is, get pants. I mean, we're talking about what—a hundred goalies? If you're going to new boot. technology, pants. Pants it's have been long. around for a long time. You don't know, have to be under.
0: There's a lot, a lot of our work seamstresses. Come on. I mean, my my grandfather was a tailor. I could have locked him in a room. During the holidays, and he could have done it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be around when they're measured to see what's pro- appropriate. Right. What's the hell? Is the, that's the one thing that I wonder about. Like, I really got I have to. I guess we're going have have to, to ask. The flyers this is our job and, has come to Russ? This is what our job has come to. I have to now ask. What are the appropriate dimensions of a goalie's uh, nether regions? That you know, well, no, we're
0: we're. I forget now. I'm not forgetting the name Derek. We're going to have to talk to Derek and see if he did the measurements for the Flyers.
2: Yeah, right. Have
1: you have you measured it? You know,
2: I mean, is is Kay Whitmore going around to the entire league and measuring the inseam of every pants and every every goaltender, well, or is it the
1: equipment guys? Like that's where I'm curious. And this is got you know, this has got to be getting like the goalies and the players have to be having a lot of fun with this. I mean, this oh is, yeah, this is gonna be something that they're gonna really enjoy. I mean, I mean, just the other day, I had a woman at the um Buckman ski shop around the corner for me. I was just trying to I was trying to buy gloves because I was working on my god forsaken Surprised that place is
0: still in business but
1: it's on 309 right so i guess it's, on 309, it's really close to me and uh so i go there and you know things are rid- it's ridiculously expensive you can only go there and they have the sales but anyway so they were having <laughs> a sale so i'm there and i'm wanting to buy gloves because i'm they're having a sale because obviously winter is you know is a thing of that happened only only last you know in the, in the early 2000s so I'm, I'm so their gloves are really cheap now so i'm, I'm in there and i'm buying these gloves And she's like, you know, what size hands do you have? I'm like, well, I have, I wear extra large gloves. She's like, oh, you know, it's like like, (laughs) (laughs) doesn't mean it. Anyway, uh, size appropriate pants. Um, We'll find out what they are. I'm going to personally make sure that you know I'm wearing size appropriate pants after February 4th, or maybe pants at all during the podcast. You know, that would be good.
2: Okay, that's great. Yeah, thanks for the visual.
1: Uh, My kids always joke around about that because literally, you know. I'm not sure, I'm sure you guys do as well, but sometimes I, you know, dressed up and I and I have like sweatpants shorts on, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, I've, yeah. I've got <laughs> well, like. it's it's well it's well known that like during like a lot of show, uh, uh, late night David Letterman shows, he'd have the like most of the time he would walk out and do the monologue. Yeah. He would go back behind stage after the monologue and put on a pair of shorts, and he would just be wearing the the the, yeah. the jacket and the tie, but he wouldn't be wearing pants. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that and that's why his um is what worldwide pants is his um his yeah. company. You know, anyway, we get off track. And now um, he's unrecognizable. But anyhow, so last night eight seven. <laughs> All right, talk about this game. Uh this I've is seen a- I've seen headlines. One
0: for the ages. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna break it back. Go back to when We were covering Flyers, Penguins in the playoffs, and there was like oh, seven yeah. to six games. Yep. Yeah it's very rare that I think one of those games is one for the ages. So I reviewed all these goals from this game and I, I watched the third period and there was a lot of sloppy, bad defensive, bad goaltending in this game. And so I can't call it one one for the ages based on that.
2: I, I caught the second half of the game because I, I saw the response and like, oh my God, you know, and on Twitter and I, I immediately changed the channel to it. And yeah, what I said online was, they're playing with playoff-like effort and playoff-like speed, but not in control. They were all right. over the place. The puck was bouncing all over the place. The the, the one goal, the, the the tying goal. Um, uh, God, I can't even remember who. I think it was because off, for uh, for uh, Washington. But it was. I the puck was all over the place. The puck was batted. It, it was it, you know. It was just not not in control, not, uh, not a game for the ages, not, uh, you know, something you would say for the hockey hall of fame. It was exciting. It was interesting, but it wasn't, it wasn't really classic.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, it and it felt like at some point these players just, you know, decide they were just going to go for it. <laughs> and then, then the, you know, at, at some point you just defense just goes out the window and you just, and they play and, and that's, it felt like an all-star game to me more than anything else. That's right. Really, I mean, and it was close, which made it, interesting um there were some weird stats involving this game um you know first of all like uh, the crosby 87 stat you know that someone put out there that crosby wears 87 you know pulled into a tie for 87th all-time in scoring after winning an 8-7 game that's a good one um i like that one and- that's good Malkin's hat trick in the second period. Malkin gets a hat trick, yep. Yeah. And the crazy thing that the Capitals going into this game had not allowed an even strength goal in 321 minutes. Wow. <laughs> and they allowed five in 8 minutes last night against the Penguins. Um so that 321 minutes without an even strength goal, that's that's
2: that's no I'm I'm cuz Grubauer was in late in the game, so I'm assuming Holpe started this game and got and got yanked. If 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 that's not the case. Holpe got yanked. Yeah, now this has to be a concern for Barry Trotz and the Caps because I've seen Holpe play, I think, three times in the last couple of weeks. He got yanked after giving up three goals and eight shots against Toronto. He gets yanked in this game. You know, he was playing as good as Carey Price two years ago last year. He was a really effective goaltender and played well in the playoffs, even though they lost to Pittsburgh. But they need him to play at that level to win and I think there's a little bit of, even though they're like the right now in the lead for the, you know, for the president's trophy, which really is meaningless. I think they're doing it more on their offense and more on, you know, Ovechkin and Backstrom carrying them than Holby standing on his head. And they, they need Holby to be at that level for them to win.
0: Sure. But you know, now there's almost no debate about what's going to happen with Matt Murray and the Penguins. Because, he gave up seven in this game, he gave up four the game before. On okay. December twenty second, he gave up six. Like he he's not been the same since his hand injury. We don't know if his hand's hundred percent, but it's gonna be awfully hard to trade either of their goalies now. So that's why I don't think either of their goalies are going anywhere, because they're gonna to have to make a decision at some point
1: who their starting goalie is too. No, they really are. And it's gonna be it's gonna get Well, I mean I think that I think you would have to think that Murray would be able to pick it up again, but it, it, that's not easy to do you know, for, a, for you know, a young goal. I mean, he's he's right. still a young goal. He's still technically in the, you know, he's, a rookie. he's still a rookie, he's technically a rookie which is, seems crazy because he's played so many games in so many situations.
2: But. Well, it's weird how the Pittsburgh and the Tampa Bay situations have mirrored each other because Vasilevsky has not played as well as people thought he would play for Tampa Bay. As soon as Bishop got back from his injury, Bishop went in. They're in a tight race for a playoff spot. I don't just like I don't think Pittsburgh is going to move Flurry because you know maybe they just want that insurance of having both goaltenders there. I'm not so sure that Iserman's going to move Bishop because he doesn't need to move him for for cap space and he's not 100% sure what is doing right now. So I think they're they're going to keep Bishop and I think that Pittsburgh is going to keep Flurry.
0: And Eck, we talked about this yesterday but you have to admit now and I think you could blame um, Dave Haxtell for this. The Flyers no longer have a number one goalie either.
1: Oh yeah, no, they they don't. They don't. And I mean, I don't know if he, I don't know if it's, there's
0: three teams that are playoff teams that really don't know who their goalie is going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. that you blame Haxtell for this one. No, Haxtell, not oh, Haxtell. Haxtell, Hackstall, Sorry. Yeah. Um. I don't even know if you can do that because, uh, you know, like we t- we talked about before, the situation is But and then you had Neuberth hurt for so long. Um, that's it's a hard one to really to really say. They've got it. I mean, they they looked. Well, they
0: had Mason right during that stretch, right?
1: They did, and he was really good. And he was great. Then the minute Noivarth came back, they threw him back in. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. No, they could have. They didn't. They could have. They could have. Although Mason was starting to go south before Noivarth came back, so I think that's why they did it. Okay, and then and then Mason did play a few in a row, but then the game that everybody said that Haxtholl
0: was brilliant when he pulled Mason may have done more damage than just getting a win in that game.
1: That I do agree with. Um, And I think they could have gotten more time from Stolarz in there somehow, too. And that
0: was my next point,
1: is they may have to put Stolarz in and see. Yeah, because you really do have to put him in. They really are at the point where they need to know what the heck they have with him.
2: Yeah. I mean, goaltending right now is sort of like really – I mean, it's always a key component of any team having stability and and being able to rack up wins. But you look at Dallas – their problems continue, you know, Letnin, Niemi, both playing badly. The goaltending was costly in a game against Buffalo yesterday. Winnipeg, as we were talking about yesterday, Ak, um, there was some, you know, Connor Hollabuck has not played well the last week or so. It's beginning to be a concern. Michael Hutchinson's their backup. He hasn't played well either. They call up Pavlik today. Um, so they, they're they're in full panic mode. Buffalo... Doesn't know who their number one is. Leonard keeps either getting hurt or getting sick, and every time he starts to put things together, he get you know, something happens. They go to Anders Nielsen. He plays okay, but he's not a number one. Then they go back to Leonard. So it's, I mean, the teams that have their goaltending straightened out, they have an advantage. Obviously, I mean, teams like Minnesota, teams yeah. like uh, Anaheim with you know with Gibson. Uh, if you have solid goaltending, you got to step up on some of these also-rans and some of these teams battling to get in the playoffs because some of those teams don't know who the hell their number one is.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's very true. And uh, although I talked to somebody this morning, it was about this whole situation, and um, he said, well, how, and he was one of my favorite guys to talk to. He's like, how many teams really – how do you define number one? You know, we talked about this, it's, and it's always a tough thing to, determine, to d- define. He said, how many teams do you really think have a number one goal in the NHL right now? And he said five? And I said, more than that, right? And he's like, No, nah, I don't know. Like what you what would you call number one? I'd say about a dozen. About a dozen, right? Yeah. Um I like that, Russ. That's that's perfect for you.
2: I think it works, I'm
1: yeah. Glad I'm glad we're keeping you busy enough and and you're <laughs> concentrating enough on the show to be able to find time to Wow. Put on a- that's more like it. <laughs> that's just, so um I see the halo, but I don't see anything else. Oh that, okay, got it. All right, here you go. <laughs> Oh no! You didn't <laughs> <laughs> see the bald clown head. Sorry, I just yeah. thought that was normal. Um, all right, so <laughs> oh man, so yeah, I mean, his point was pretty accurate. I mean, we all define number one goalies by what you know, like um, obviously, you know, ever, no one has you know. There's Dumnik and there's Price and you know there's Bobrovsky and there's there's uh, you know obviously Lundqvist Rasp. Um, Rask, all right, and so that's five, and now you're, and then you got to go to Hopi, that's six. Yeah. But like, you know, and then, and I guess Crawford's seven, right? So, but now where do you go? You know, I mean, there's Martin
0: a, Jones, you have to conclude in that. Martin Jones,
1: okay, yes, but you know, you see what he did last night. <laughs> yeah, but he still is, so that's eight. No, he's still, he still is, and he, but he also. Luongo, nine. Luongo is
2: a number one right now? Like yeah.
1: yeah, he's, he's a number, number one. I mean, he was a quite, he was number one for a long time, but. Murray no, and no, Miller. Miller's number one. So I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. I would say there's ten to fifteen. Miller's number one too.
2: I, okay, wasn't
1: number one, maybe, but now. Well, no,
2: no, but I mean, but he is today. That's in, what I mean. In the Atlantic, I think you have four: Price, Rask, Anderson, and Luongo. Uh, in the Metro, you've got Bobrovsky. You've got Holpe, uh, You've got uh, uh, Lundquist. I think you have to say Cam Ward the way he's playing this year. Yes. You
0: know,
2: yeah, uh, And you have Schneider. That's Schneider. N- That's, nine. Schneider sure, that's right. nine, nine. That's nine in the East. I think we will have at least three in the West. So yeah. yeah. So all right. So maybe you've got maybe we've got let's let's
1: just twelve to fifteen. I'd let's say. say roughly half the teams are number one goalies. Okay, we can yes. say that. Okay, So half the teams are number one goalies. That's not really. I mean, that really changes the way you define number one because technically they all have number one goalies.
2: Right. Well, think of it. Think of it this way: of the teams that I just read off, of the, the nine in the East, eight of them are probably playoff teams. So only one, Schneider, is is not gonna is not gonna be right. in the playoffs. So it pretty much makes out that you need a number 1 goalie to get in the playoffs. You're not going to, you know, it's not going to be like a like a Bob Sovey, Don Edwards situation from 1980s with Buffalo where they split down the middle 40 40 to 41 games. You don't do that anymore unless if you don't have a number 1, if you have two number 2s, you don't have you don't have a number 1.
0: Right, but we just named three playoff teams that don't have a number 1 and then if Calgary were to get in Right. Is Chad Johnson really a number one? Like, that's up in, up in the air, too. He's a yes. pseudo
2: number one
1: because they have no idea. Yeah, other. No, it's, all, it's it's – yeah, I mean, to me, it's – and he, he said he – said so, that, so that when you, then when you go about, now you start to say, okay, Dallas needs a number one goalie, right? Well, they have – I mean, there is a there is a situation here where if Tampa were to fall out of it, which doesn't seem possible, but if they were to just – they they can – I keep waiting for the moment when Tampa's going to turn on. We're all doing that, Right. But then they come back and they then they win one game and then they lose two. You know that's the way they're playing right now. It's just you're not going to get back in it if you do a one and two every three games. And they
0: can make trades. I think at the end of the day, if they had to trade for a really sharp defenseman because they they could see their defense isn't very good.
1: That's really so their this problem. Is leading to where I'm going to because they are they are this leads to the higher probability, according to him, that Ben Bishop is going to be moved. Um, and because of the fact is that, that you know we are. And we've all talked about it before. That I've and I've said the same thing. The Caps, I mean, the, the Penguins and the Lightning. I'm in agreement with what you have all said and written about. I've read wrote what you wrote, Mike, in the Hockey Buzz rumor thing. Um, I'm in agreement that you know you need that both those teams really wouldn't. You know, why not? But now Pittsburgh, you can say, okay, they are in a situation where they absolutely can go with two goalies and they're fine. And it, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have issues later, but they are at Stanley Cup legitimate contender they just they're a Stanley Cup defender so yeah. that, that all that plays into it now the Lightning on the other hand if they were to fall out of it too far you know over the next month or so this is well, a team that cannot afford to miss the playoffs the Lightning are not they, they, they have too much going and too much money invested and too much hope you know going down there and they built this thing if they miss the playoffs that's devastating for Tampa all well, right
2: I, I, I would grant you that if they fall out of the race then they will move Bishop because then you know right. the, well, well, no, I don't think see, I don't think they're going to fall there's no way Tampa falls out of the race
1: to the point where, you know, at the deadline you can say they're not going to they're not going to have a chance. Like they're going to be within 5 or 6 points at the worst, cool. I would think.
2: The 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 only thing I'm saying is is that the market for a goaltender like Bishop, a rental goalie, is pretty small. There's a few teams. I mean, I don't think I don't think Dallas is a playoff team anymore. I think that I I would be very surprised that they climbed back into the race in the West. They're one right. of the teams. Cal, Calgary, they're in the thick of the race, and they obviously they were interested in Bishop because they tried to arrange a trade with Tampa last year, and ta- yeah. even got to the point of talking extension with Bishop, but the deal never came. Never. Well, I was told that that they're done. They're done with Bishop
1: completely. Right. And I was told that that you know bridge was burned. So. But but you the know, thing is, Dallas though is still very much interested in Bishop, and and what I've heard, okay, is that you could see Niemi coming back to Tampa along with some, something very significant. Okay, that, that what has to happen is that like they, and then then Tampa turns around and buys Niemi out, right? That's what happens. So they can turn around, they can say, okay, we're going to buy out Niemi.
2: Well, um, the the guy who would have to the guy the type of player who would be a significant guy. Would be a Klingberg because they're looking for a def- looking for a defenseman. But again, I mean, I don't know if they're not I, trading Klingberg. They're not trading Klingberg. I could see them trading one of those young defensemen because, uh,
1: you and then, know, and yeah, and I'm with you. And then the question comes up, and this came up in my discussion, and I think that this is totally valid, and I kind of agree with it. Maybe this isn't Lettinen's or, or Nyami's fault at all. And the fact of the matter is, if you put Bishop there because of the way that team plays anyone's gonna get shelled.
0: Right. That could be a possibility. Yeah. Really you know, so then
1: you make this big you make this big trade, you get rid of Klimberg and the Emmy say, and you end up with Bishop who who, you know, is obviously you're gonna to want to you're gonna want assurances. You're gonna to want to sign him right away. You're gonna to want to know you can do that. All that stuff has to happen in order to make the Bishop trade, right? Especially if you're giving up something significant. But yeah. you know, then who knows that this is a team that just isn't a good place for goalies to be. And Bishop is not the for that kind of team you know, I would think, in my opinion, that Niemi would be the right kind of goalie for the Dallas Stars, and yet, you know, he's not. He hasn't been.
0: I'll give you. I think here's what I think will happen with Tampa. I think right now we're looking at a really good season for Jonathan Drouin. He's got 29 points in 37 games with 13 goals. But the way they've coveted Nemesnikov and Kucherov and the other guys, it does seem like he's going to not ever get to play the kind of minutes and get yeah. the kind of power play time that he's really deserving of. If they are really needing a top four defenseman, you could trade Jonathan Duran and get a top four defenseman, and that might put him in the Stanley Cup. And I think I yeah. think that's a move that Tampa now is willing to make, that they have um, Stamkos locked up.
2: And, there, and this was totally unsubstantiated, but uh, Adrian Dater reported this last week that there were hints of a Duran to Colorado for Eric Johnson uh, trade. I can see that. The thing, the thing that doesn't make any sense is Colorado is going all over the place, looking for defense and they're going to trade their number one defenseman. That's what they they probably probably want to get out from
0: his contract. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. But no, that's that. I don't see that at all. I mean, I I don't think that even helps Tampa really. I mean, I'm sure they'll get a defenseman back like Andre Schuster or somebody. I was told there's a, there's a, I was, I was, I learned a lot about Colorado that I can't get into. That's, that's crazy that there's a, I did spend a lot of time over the weekend researching the avalanche, um, to see what the heck was going on with all this stuff. Um, and it kind of transitions into my rumors for today. Um, because what basically I, um, I found first of all is I talked to, well, I talked to maybe was, let's say about, let me look at my notes right here. I can tell you maybe I was going to say six or yeah. So, so six, six, six other teams, right? All of which have inquired about Matt Duchesne, okay, in right. some way, shape, or form. Three of which who were told, yes, you know, we would trade you we would trade him to you. And three of which were told no, we wouldn't trade him to you. <laughs> so well, what is happening is Matt Duchesne is hundred percent available um, as long as you're a team that they're willing to trade him to. Um and that's kind of interesting. Want, and one, a couple of these teams are surprising. Like there are teams in the East that you wouldn't say, why? Why are they not trading him to the East? Like, there's some strange things that really would surprise you. There's other reasons um, that I was told that I can't get into, but
2: it could. I mean, it could be based on, and I don't know if if he has limitations, a no move or no um, limited no trade, but it also could be a team that you look at their prospect depth. You look at what they have in. Oh no, it's not that. Yeah,
1: I thought that too. No, but to be clear on this, this was literally like he's not available to you. This is like before they even got into a discussion. I mean, that would make sense of teams in the West and teams at their. I know, I know, that's what I thought too. But there's actually some teams in the East, and it just shows you that there is a huge amount of dysfunction going on in Colorado, in my opinion. Like there is, or or maybe they
0: have talk to Matt and there's teams that Matt doesn't want to play for. And they're trying that, to do the best that,
1: thing. That for him. Also, that's also very possible. You're right about that. Um, yeah. Although I, I went that, down that path and I didn't get a great answer. So I can't tell you for sure. But uh, right. the, answer, I, the closest thing I got to that was that they felt like Matt would go wherever he was traded because that's the, they, they think he's the kind of player he is. And he'll just, he wants, if a team wants him, he'll go there mm-hmm.
2: right? uh,
1: because he is that kind of guy. He's a really class guy. And then he also just, he's not going to play for a team doesn't want them and that kind of stuff. So
2: yeah, but saying that you'll go wherever you're traded and saying that you want to go somewhere more. Right. That's a different thing. Yes. But even what's interesting
1: about this is even when in the past, when I've seen players who said, I will not go there, I will not go to that city. I have still heard teams negotiate with them because there is still that feeling of like, okay, we're going to negotiate and we can, teams often have the attitude that they can convince the player later if they can get a good enough deal going um so they'll still talk even I, I know for a fact that i've seen this sure from- but that's when i mean look new york can get away with
0: that the rangers can get away with that there's a few teams la can get away with that but most teams can't and like as an example there was no way in hell vinila LeCavier was going to montreal there just was no way that yeah, was wasn't going, going to happen. any canadian
1: teams and he made that clear like he made it clear that's- i'm not going to any teams in canada Right. which was, you know kind of as it was at the time he didn't want that known because you know he he loves Canada but he just didn't want to go back to Canada. Right. He was a guy I think his family lived you know in Tampa for a long yeah. time. They wanted to, they wanted to live you know somewhere. So I just think there are situations like that for sure. Um Jason Spezza was another one who didn't want to stay in Canada like and that's and these are Canadian players, right? So these are surprising things but in this case I don't know I mean I don't know that for sure but I just think Matt Duchene is not in that boat. Um the interesting thing is there's so you have Landeskog and you have Duchesne, You have the two players that are basically teams are talking about to them. And they, you know, and there are both forwards and they do want defense, just like you're saying, like that's what they're looking for. They're looking for defense. Um, you know, and I I so I heard one rumor like, okay, Seth Jones for Matt Duchesne. All right. So Seth again being moved, but obviously we know that that's Seth, not happening. We know that Seth is just made the all star team. Um and uh, you know, Seth is of course has the connections with Sakik, right, in Colorado. That's always been talked about. That he would go there. Um, Matt DeShane is a perfect fit for Columbus, you know, one hundred percent perfect fit. But I was told there's no way they will talk to Columbus. And it's just a strange thing. So there's weird things. There's just odd, odd things going on there. Columbus has yeah. a ton of prospects, and, right, and, so. I, and
2: I and I don't think Columbus is trading Seth Jones. No, they are but they,
1: they, you know, they're not even having a discussion about. And
2: well, no. well What I was saying, what I was gonna say was, I think if Col- like, okay, we know that Columbus is probably gonna look for forward help before the deadline, right? We know that they have an overabundance of defensemen. If they move one, it's not going to be Jones. It's not going to be Warinsky. It could be Ryan Murray. It could be oh, yeah. a David Savard or Jack Johnson. I, I think I, I believe, it won't be Johnson
1: it. because Tortorella loves Johnson. I, I, he does love him, but I think Mike's right. I think I think that I, I do think in this case that anybody but Warinsky and Jones would be available to get a Matt Duchene. They don't have a center. You know, they don't have they don't have a top line center. So to them. They look at Duchesne as exactly what they need, right?
0: I think if so, they look – I think if they traded Sonny Milano and David Savard, they could get Matt Duchesne. I yeah, think They could throw a pick in there. I think they could get him for that.
1: If if they're willing to – if, you know, if Duchesne's willing to go there, like we talked about, right. if and if they're willing to talk to him about it. Um, and apparently there's history there. There's weird history there going on between those two teams. There's always – You know what I think the weird history is? Zach? I think John
0: Tortorello doesn't like Matt Duchesne. I think there was That's something – I think there's something with that. I can't quantify it, but I thought I remembered hearing something once where maybe there was some criticism. Maybe it may be that, but I don't know for sure.
1: Yep. Well, um, I think you, I think it goes more into management of, okay. of Colorado and some connections that might be there with Columbus. So some you can draw some of the parallels there. But there are certain there are certain things that are, and these things are interesting. You know, there these are the kind of things that that this time of year. Come through now. The other rumor I wrote about over the weekend, and I feel very strongly about, it, is Montreal. Now, Montreal, I think, is the leading candidate for Matt Duchesne. I think that that's. I think they are the place that they are the team that wants him the most now. And that is a little bit strange because, I mean, not a little bit strange. I think Duchesne's a great fit in Montreal. Of course, he's a great fit anywhere. He's you know, in Montreal could use a top line center. Um, Montreal would move Placonic if they if they had to. Well, please, but I mean- they can't, right? Because oh. obviously.
2: Because of the key. Yeah, because Plakanitz is declining. He, I think he's 34 right. years old. He's overpaid at six million dollars. Right, and he's they impossible. Wanna, they they want to get rid of him because they want to they want to bail on that salary. But right. all, all I know is if if I'm Joe Sakic and 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 Montreal is interested in Matt Duchesne, the first two names out of my mouth are Noah Julson and Mik, and Mikhail Sargachev, and yeah. I can't imagine Bergevin moving either one of them. Now he might move Nathan Bulieu. In a deal, but I don't think that's enough I mean, because Nathan who has been in the league for th- now, going on his third year, really hasn't showed a lot of offense. I think yeah, a- but he
0: hasn't played the kind of minutes that he, you really in the start- playoffs. He actually did very well.
2: He start he started to play those minutes, Russ, but he's not st- yeah. he still isn't showing the big offense. And oh, what is he twenty uh, one? If Colorado if
1: Colorado, if Colorado ends up getting the first pick overall for some reason, which possible. Yeah. Is- um, and they go out and they get this kid, right, that – no, oh, what's his name? Um,
2: well, Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick, right. They get Nolan
1: Patrick. And you add that to a team with Nathan McKinnon, Landis Gogh, and Matt Duchesne, you're looking at a serious offense, right? Like you're looking at – and you're still looking. You're already looking at a serious offense. But is this the case of another Edmonton-type situation where you have all these players, well, and so you get the superstar, you know, and Nolan Patrick's not, not Conor McDavid, right? So he's not going to be that guy.
2: And I'm stealing, I'm stealing Rush, Russ's thunder here, but the thing, the thing is, is that, and I know that in a couple draft lists that we respect, uh, uh, Timothy Liljegren has gone down from, say, second to, like, sixth or seventh. But if it's Colorado with the first pick, and they're, you know, they've been so focused on their defense and, how, and improving it over the last few years. Yeah. You can't improve it through free agency. They're trying to make trades to to add defense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if They have the first, if they have the second, our first pick or the second pick that they take, Will Juergen over Patrick.
1: Yeah, well, that'd be interesting because this is the team that took McKinnon. Remember when they, when there was the the debate um, with the defenseman who uh, well, I can't think of it in the name. Second Ekblad, right? Ekblad. No,
2: yeah. no, it was
1: a, it no. Was it was Seth Jones. Seth Jones, right? Sorry, heck, but jeez. Um, yeah, Seth Jones, and um, yeah. yeah I mean, so this is that they've shown before when they had this situation before, and at that point, they needed defense as well, and everybody was like saying, but you know, Nathan McKinnon was just considered that much better than Seth Jones, and it was probably the right pick to make.
2: Um, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't a mistake not to to take McKinnon, obviously, because he's a great player, but you know, it's. You look at their scenario, and they oh, I think they overpaid Tyson Berry because – and Tyson Berry is a one-dimensional defenseman. He's a good offensive defenseman, but defensively he's a nightmare. And Eric Johnson is – I mean, he's played well for them, but I don't think he's a number one defenseman. And he's – I think he's making $6 million a year, you know – He's been fairly durable. He's injured right now, but he's I, – I, I don't know. I, I just – that's all they have. The rest of the rest of their defense is Eric Jelena, Patrick Weirkosh, Fetter Tootin, it's a bunch of journeymen, and guys you picked up off the scrap heap. It's not an answer. It's not a defense that you can depend on.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: I think I found the situation with with Colorado. You can figure it out later. Um, all later. right. Um, <laughs> let's move on to uh, –
2: Something else, okay. Um, well, let's let's talk. You you talked in your blog about uh, about uh, JVR. Yeah, that's not the you can that's
1: not the that's not it. Sorry. Oh, I think there's some some stuff there. There might be there there might be there might be more than one situation going on actually. So that okay, but <laughs> I didn't want really to get into it. Um, all I'll right, so
0: right.
1: yeah, sorry, JVR. Okay. Um, now I have been you know we've written I've written about the flyers having interest in, in them. Um, we've written about the devils, of course. Uh, even the rangers have you know come up in jvr talks which i don't think that's necessarily the case um not at the
0: moment but they've always had an interest in him and he's had an interest yeah. in them
1: yeah of course um and you know we talked about the islanders before which i was kind of poo-pooing because for just personally i didn't think that i don't think he's the right complimentary player for tavares but you know a lot of people i could I could be totally wrong um but now i have heard more that that you know that the Islanders are making a push, and the Islanders have to make a push, basically. Um, and this is the this is there aren't many places for the Islanders to go where they can get a player of JVR's quality um, as a winger. You know, they've also definitely talked to la- talk uh, regarding Landis Gog, but but Gog isn't exactly the answer to them. You know, I mean, he's he's a great complimentary player if you're in one spot, but he's not going to be your top. He's not lin- a top liner. Yeah, he's not your top liner to play with Tavares. You know, where Reamsdyke could be. Um, and I think that – so there are, there are thoughts there.
0: Look, that their, their best bet is that if they got Matt Duchesne, if you had DeFerris and
1: Duchesne, you'd have something. Right, yeah. you'd have something. That's true. Um, but, you know, and they and they, they will – I haven't heard they're really interested in Duchesne yet. I, I know that there are people out there who are reporting it beyond me, but I, I, I have not heard – people I've talked to have not heard much about that. But I have heard them involved very much so with Rand Reemstike. And, um, you know, so that's something that you can keep an eye on for sure. And I think that now, whether the Leafs are not, you know, based on what they believe in their, is their future here, what, whether they're willing to go you might have a better idea than me, Mike, on that. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of debate right now because of the fact that, you know, the Leafs are challenging for a playoff spot. They're in third place right now that, uh, you know, don't mess with success, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't. Entertain trading Van Reemsdyke until at least the summer, but if you look at it through the eyes of Lou Lamorello, and we know that he's, you know, methodical and you know maybe a little bit cold-hearted when it comes to running his teams and saying, okay, I'm going to do what's best for the team in the long run. You get the most for Van Reemsdyke before March the first. You get a, you you if you trade him, you the the team that gets him gets a playoff out of him and another year at four and a quarter million mm-hmm. dollars, and that I think you'll get a lot more from them than you would. Uh, during the summer when he only has just the year left now but they're little looking- hard he
0: doesn't have to do it today right he can wait this out and wait for right. them to drop in the standings too
2: right oh yeah i mean but i mean it's fodder right now in toronto yeah. because everybody everybody's focused on the fact that the team is competing for a playoff spot right now which a lot of people thought would be would have been unheard of after 41 games but yeah they've got another 20 games to find out where they're going to be before march the 1st and, but, but i look at the situation and i put up a poll on on twitter this morning you're looking at the situation, if you trade him, if you trade him before March the first, you probably get the most in return. If you trade him in the summer, you'll still get a good return. If you wait till the deadline in twenty eighteen, you'll get the least return. If you try to extend him, he's probably not going to give you a hometown discount because this will be his last big contract. He's right. He's going to be 29 years old in, in the summer of 18 when his when he comes up for free agency. He's probably going to be asking for in the neighborhood of five and a half to six million dollars a year on a six you know five or six year deal. That you know that's the money you're probably going to be spending on a defenseman uh, because they'll be spending money on Neelander, on Matthews and Marner, and they've already locked up Cadre and Riley and Anderson. But you know you're going to need money for another defenseman, which is where they really need need to add. And if you and someone had a, had the thought of, well, you just let him let him play his contract out and let him walk, uh, and you get the cap room, that would be the most idiotic of all the scenarios. Simply because you've got an asset there, you've got an asset that's valuable. If you're not going to keep them, you move them. You don't just you know the four and a quarter million dollars is valuable, but to the team that has thirty million in cap space next year, it's <laughs> not as much not right. as, as much matter. valuable. Yeah. yeah. So, you need, you need to add to the core group. You need at least one, maybe two, and possibly three defensemen on that blue line. So if you have a guy who you're not, you've determined you're not going to spend $6 million on, then you trade him.
0: But you got to make sure someone's coming next year. I mean, whether that's Kapanen or Leipzig, or who are they going to actually have faith in unless they reach out in free agency? I mean, they might reach out in free agency, too.
2: I think they see the the thing is I think they have enough confidence in some of the young guys that uh, you know like Leipzig or Kapanen. And Kapanen had a serious injury last week, so he may be out for a couple months. But I think they have enough confidence in those guys that, or even some of the guys who are playing on lower lines, like they could bring up Soshnikov and move him up into a top nine role. Move up Brown to a higher line. I mean, they could just Mm -hmm. do it internally, Russ. So I think that that's possible. But the the one intriguing thing about about the rumor with Philadelphia, act. And, you know, we know if, if it's Philadelphia and if it's the Leafs, the, that the Flyers have the pieces that the Leafs would potentially want yep. young defensemen like a Moran or a Sanheim or a, you know, Philippe, Philippe Myers. All those defensemen have one key thing. They're exempt in the expansion draft. So the Leafs would not have to protect any one of them. If they pick right. up any defenseman anywhere, if they, if they pick up Travis Hammonick from the New York Islanders, not that this is a big concern, but I think with the Leafs, you know, they don't want to lose players that they think can be part of the, the mix. If they, if they add one defenseman, they have to expose a guy like Connor Carrick who they like. Now Connor yeah, Carrick.
0: But here's the thing. Okay. So let me, let's, let's hold that for a second. Let's say they made a trade with Philly and let's say, you know, they didn't have to give up too much, but let's say it was Lipsick for, for, um, for Hogg, for Robert Hogg. Now, Hogg, they'd have to protect, but Hogg is better than Conor Carrick, I think, or has more potential. Yeah, but they,
2: I don't think they're going to do that type of deal. I think that, I mean, if we're talking about a JVR deal, I mean, the best-case scenario would be you – No, know, I know you're talking about a JBR deal, but let's say they don't, I don't do a I don't JBR think, I don't deal. Think trade, I don't think they're going to trade Leipzig, Leipzig unless it's for a Sandheim or, or a Moran or somebody like that. And you I, can't get that much. But you can get Robert Hogg, who really is having a
0: great season, yeah. and he could
2: play in the NHL next year. He can play in the NHL, but, Russ, I think right now they're looking to strike to get the top four defensemen. And, and, but what if they strike out from that, which is very possible. Yeah, well, Even yeah. with JBR, they may strike out in the top four market.
0: That's well, a reality. Yeah.
2: They they might then then if they strike out before March the first then they try again in the summer. But I think that that's yeah. where, that's where they're going. I think that it's either because getting a t- getting a bottom pairing defenseman, they can call up somebody from they can call up Renat Valiyev or Victor.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing: Hog is not going to be a bottom pairing defenseman
2: for his whole career. No, but they're People looking to start there. But the window, the window for the Leafs right now, I mean, there's a long-term window, but there is that short-term window of two to three years when you have all these guys on their entry-level deals that you need to take advantage of, and that's a thing. I think they're looking for a defenseman who's young enough to be with the team for a long time but also good enough now to contribute to a a run for a a, a playoff spot and deep into the playoffs in the next two to three years. Here's the
0: problem for the Leafs the way I see it. The Rangers picked up Michael Grabner off the scrap heap. He will get more goals than JVR. You could get somebody to replace JVR's numbers much easier than you can get any top four defenseman.
2: Right, and that, but that's what the reason why that's the reason why they want they will probably use JVR to get the top four defenseman because they can replace him. Well, no, but they'll have to use more than that. That's my point, and I don't think that's
0: a problem it's because they're easier to replace Van Riemsdyk in today's hockey world. It
1: but, is, yeah, it is. It is, and but also they, the fact that he is, um, he has one more year on his contract is good. Is really yeah. good, but at the same time, it doesn't mean he's extended for a very long time. You know, did it. you have
0: something cooking in the Easy Bake Oven? What was
1: that? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, there's a couple things. Um, <laughs> and that's the Easy Bake Oven. Sorry, I usually turn my notifications off on here so you can't hear them. Um, keep an eye on Buffalo with uh, in terms of Matt Duchene as well. Um, that's a big. That's a big. They're a big player in this.
2: The, um, the only thing I'm worried about there is Matt Duchesne and Ryan O'Reilly weren't exactly pals in Colorado. Right, that would yeah. be a little bit of a, a peculiar mix, but things can change. You know, that's like and um, and, and again the the Sabers don't have the prospect pool that matches what the what the Avalanche are looking for. They've got Ristolainen, Jake McCabe two young defensemen and then after that you got Brendan Gooley and there's one other defenseman in their in their pipeline. And William Borgens
0: pretty good. I mean yeah. yeah. And he's a college guy. I think that I think he would match it if they I don't think they can get Gooley, but I think if you got Borgen that's fine.
2: Yeah. But it's going to take you know you you'd, you'd be talking about that plus a Gergensons or something else. Yeah. It, it would take a it would take a lot and I, I just don't know where I. I would be surprised if the Sabers trade for anything more than anything other than a defenseman. They're they're in the defense market big time.
1: Yeah, no, I believe that. I and you know, but they they do. You know, I mean, Begula, they they like making big moves. They yeah. they do. And sure. it, you know, this is the big. I mean, this is what Montreal wants to do. And you know, and you know, Montreal's also talked to talked about Shane Doan as well. And um, I kind of really. Some, a funny letter about that the other day of someone telling me, "Oh, you're crazy! Stop the Shane Doan to Montreal thing. He's slow and doesn't fit in." And I understand all that. I can I can get all that, but you know, yeah. the people don't.
2: Yeah, you you, met, you mentioned them potentially tra- trading Doan a couple months ago, and only in the last week, like Elliot Friedman yeah. on Saturday hot, uh, hot headlines and a couple other uh, Sarah McClellan from uh, from the Arizona uh, paper. They're, they're saying. Really that uh, that Doan will be open, potentially open to waving his no move to yeah. go certain places where he has a chance to win. He's 40 years old. He's probably retiring at the end of the year. He wants la- one last crack at the can, at, at the, can, uh, the cup. And, you know, I, I, to me, it would make sense that he stays in the West because that's always been the – the, the, yeah and
1: san jose and nashville are two teams that have always been connected with him um but l.a.
2: LA possibly.
1: Do, possibly um i also heard a lot about the capitals with him and i think that that's an interesting one too because you know the the caps could use that this member that remember last year they picked up brad richards i mean i mean mike richards sorry mike richards and that was a kind of disaster but they picked him up for a reason well do faster than him that i know they picked him up for a reason that they still How much that, that, something the capitals still feel they need um and, and, and it's a combination of, like, you know, grit, experience, um, you know, a certain a certain hockey thing that Barry Trotz really wants in that organization that he doesn't necessarily see. Um, and Doan brings all that. You know, he brings all that. And Trotz and Doan are tight, too. They've been- Here, Here's the thing, though. All right, this is the question you'd, we'd have to ask Barry Trotz, and I think we know the
0: answer. You want to get the most out of Shane Doan. You kind of need him on the power play let him get in front of the net.
1: He's really good at that. Is he really yeah. going to get that chance in Washington? Who are you going to sit? No, he's on your second power play unit. No question about it. Um, you know, and you, but you have to look at it like one of those situations where you know you're bringing him in as depth. You know, and if someone goes down, well, five on five, he slows you down too. He does slow you down, but he has, but he also it's just he brings he does bring a certain element of um, of experience and to a locker room that really is. They already have
0: experience. Like to me, it's like yeah. you have Justin Williams, who's literally hanging on by a thread. He's got 13 goals, but he's not what he used to be. You yeah. have a lot of these high skilled guys. I can't If it's me and I'm the GM, yeah. I can't bring in more age into that room. I can't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Whereas the three California teams, I could make a case for each one of them with Doan coming in and playing, say, a third-line role in Anaheim or a third-line role in L.A. or San Jose, and him meshing with guys who he's played with internationally, like Thornton and Marlowe. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Getsloff and Perry. I think that makes a lot more sense. I do, too. Than, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it makes more sense to me too. But um, it does. I mean, make Washington
0: has to stay fast. If they don't, they're going to have a problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, and but we're you know what we start to see at this time of year are these contingency type thoughts, and a lot of those contingency thoughts do tip us off as to where these teams are thinking their weaknesses are, and that's why you have that we have to really keep a good eye on this time of year. Well, look. I mean, let's just if we rewind everything
0: last year, my my uh, my opposition to Mike Richards was he slows you down is he a really good enough penalty killer to make it a difference or is it better to have somebody younger this year they've got Lars Eller I think we've answered the question
1: yeah no Lars has done a good job for them right and there's no question about that and he's he's exactly what they need and he's big yeah. and he's strong
0: so like instead of
1: Shane Doan
0: you're better off getting somebody in their 20s that can still fill that position but doesn't you know doesn't isn't as beat up as Shane Doan unfortunately
2: or, or a veteran who's got a little more, a little more, speed. No more jump. I mean, you know, and, and mm-hmm. granted, he has slowed down. He has slowed down dramatically from his days in New Jersey. But a guy like Brian Gianta who's a pending yeah. UFA, I think he's still got enough there to play a third, fourth line role with somebody. P- kill penalties. You know, he's a good leader. You know, you could even see him maybe go back to Montreal or Washington. I, I think that makes sense.
0: See, if you told me like Matt Cullen, if he wasn't with Pittsburgh, I would get that.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Well, you—you you, know—all I can say is this: you have to have the guy who's super old, who the Stanley Cup is handed to, like from the captain. Every every team has one when they win the Stanley Cup. You know, is it going to be Vanek who gets it, you know, handed to him from Jonathan Taves or whatever? Is Brooks Thorpec old enough? No, but it's got to be the guy who's like hasn't played for the team forever. You know, it, it's always that like guy. It's a you know, it, it's like ke- like the chemo teaming factor you can call it yeah. or whatever. Just like he's going to be handed the cup, you know. And I could see Vanek being that. I could see Jonathan Taves giving it to Vanek, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. You could, you could see Ovechkin handing it to Shane Nolan. Like there are certain things that make sense. Obviously. I mean,
0: we're already we're already talking about theoretical when we're talking about the Capitals and the
1: Stanley Cup. So I, I don't even know if we no, should I agree with, with that 100%. <laughs> I think that this Caps team is way better than last year's Caps team. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, and I think that that might sound strange. I think it's better. better. I don't know if it's way better because I don't know if Hopey's the same. That's the problem. I think Hopey will be the same. Um, and, and I do think there's a definite aspect to when a team plays as well as they're playing right now. And the be- whole beginning of the season was definitely a letdown from the fact that the caps just dominated last year. Right. And, and it's hard. And they know they know they're going to make the playoffs. So it's just a matter of how they're going to get back, what they're going to do.
2: Right. And strange, strangely enough, they're better, not because of players that they added, but because the young players that they have have gotten better. Orloff is right. better. Yeah. Right. Burkowski is better.
0: Yeah. Right. Elro is a nice ad, but you're right about the other parts. You are.
1: Yeah, so uh, we are running out of time here today, but um, it was a great show as always, guys. We'll Be back again tomorrow. Um, stay tuned. Uh, if your team has a bye week this week, you know, enjoy that. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to debate the. Uh, I'd like to debate the bye week at some point because you know it's funny because we have. Is some – Is there replies. a debate?
0: Like, what's the positive aspect
1: of it? We I just, know it's not, it's not a debate. Really some of the buy. fans who are complaining to me right now, and last week, going to get letters of complaints from everybody whose team isn't playing for that week. Yeah. It's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing. I like, I really, it's a wonderful thing to have, to add to my inbox. I get you yeah. to watch the other teams. Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, I, I watch every team, you know, and, and I know if your particular team isn't playing this week, like, you know, then fine, but you know, whatever. It's, it's a fascinating, watch more alumni games. Watch more alumni games. Exactly. Uh, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Remember without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Please subscribe.